0: Romans 8 and 28, in the King James Version, one verse of Scripture. I read it Thursday night, and I taught a Bible study on it, and I came back, yeah, Wednesday night, and I've come back today with part two. So the title of my lesson today is part two. According to His Purpose, number two. And we know, everybody say I know it, that all things work together for good. I could stop there and it will not have the meaning of what this verse was trying to get over to us. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, and it goes on to say to them who are the called according to their own purpose. purpose. To whose purpose? His purpose. 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 I'm going to talk to you this morning on this subject, according to His purpose. Lesson two. It doesn't matter if you are a person about 20 years old or if you're about 80 years old. I truly believe that everybody is asking that question, what is my purpose for my life? None of us are here by accident. You did not just happen here. You did not come as a result of the Big Bang Theory. You did not come because of an amoeba That crossed up with another one over millions of years. And it just so happened that you evolved into being the beautiful human being that you are today. That is not how it happened. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created man in his own image. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. It was not an accident. God didn't make a mistake. It wasn't something that slipped through the cracks or got through the system. You were on purpose for a purpose. There is a reason that you're living today. And God wants that to get through our heads this morning. He wants you to think about this. I'm not just taking up space in our world. I am here for a reason. I think it's one of those plaguing questions that never goes away. It goes hand in hand with the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? Any of you think about that? You think about what you want to be when you grow up? Well all of you have already should have already thought about that. You you're grown up. <laughs> you are already there. So if you don't know by now, you're probably not ever going to know. There are some vocational aspects of this question, and there's also a calling aspect to this question. What does God want me to do? Sometimes it's easy for me to find out what I want to do but I don't really know what God wants me to do. So how do I integrate my faith and my work? How do I integrate who I am and who I want to be? This leads to the big question, what is my purpose? If I can't find my purpose, I start feeling purpose. Less And directionless. And there's a vast difference between fate and destiny. I truly believe with all of my heart, God has given everyone in this building a destiny. And fate is usually thought of as a predetermined course of events beyond the human control. A typical response of a person who believes in fate is just resignation. If we can't find destiny, then why even try? Whatever happens, happens. And we can't do anything about it. It's like that song, K. Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. I normally sing a little better, but I've had a lot of voice problems. And so I won't, I won't put that on you today. God gave man a free will to choose. Whether you like it or not, you have the ability to make choices. Every one of you here today. And you know, some of those choices get us in a lot of trouble. Some of those choices make us poor. Sometimes we make a choice to use that credit card because we see something we've just got to have and it puts us in a financial bind. And you can blame it on Mr. Sears and Mr. Roebuck. You can blame it on J.C. Penny. You can blame it on Best Buy. But I'm going to tell you, the choice was yours when you walked through the doors and handed them that card. You made that choice, and now you got to live with it. For instance, in the book of Genesis, we read that Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and God's Word. The devil comes along as a serpent, begins talking to Eve, and I'm not going to blame her for all of it. I'm not going to say it was Eve's fault, then she tricked her husband. Her dumb husband listened to her, knowing what God spoke to him. Now, I can't prove this, but I personally don't believe that Eve was around when God told Adam what he expected. Now, that's just my theory, and I cannot prove it, but I believe God spoke it to Adam, and Adam told Eve what God said. And that's why the devil went to Eve because he knew there was a little question and a little doubt that Adam may be holding out on me. Adam may know something. He's not letting me know. And so the devil goes to her. I don't believe the devil could have ever gone to Eve or Adam first and convinced him to eat the fruit. Now that's just, you don't have to accept that. You don't have to believe it because it's not Bible. That's Gandhi. That comes from the book of Gandhi. For instance, in the book of Genesis, we read they chose rather than to submit to God, and so they had to face the consequences of their actions. They were driven out of the Garden of Eden and the presence of God to face death, bringing the entire human race with them. We cannot blame fate for that. It was their own choosing that brought the ultimate destiny for their lives. We want to blame everything and anything except ourselves. And we could just go a long list of problems that we human beings get ourselves in. A lot of times we have children out of wedlock and we think, why did I do that? When God says, don't do it. You didn't get married. If you're going to love somebody and have a relationship with them, get married. That's God's plan to prevent family trouble. And I could just spend a whole lot of time on Bible study on that one right there. I think we need to spend more time on marriages did it Sunday night a week ago, and I'll probably be doing some more real quick. It was their own choosing that brought the ultimate destiny for their lives. Have you ever wondered what makes the difference between a good parent and a great parent? What makes the difference between a good teacher and a great teacher? What makes the difference between a good coach? And a bad coach? What makes the difference between a great good Christian and a great Christian? What makes the difference between a good church and a great church? In each of these scenarios, knowing your purpose, knowing your reason, can make all the difference in the world. In 1963, a sign was placed on the door of the University Christian Church in New York, this is what the sign said. Gone out of business didn't know what our business was. (laughs) That's what happens when you don't know what your purpose is. When you don't know the reason you do what you do. You come to church and you don't know what the reason is. You get married and you don't know what the reason is. You have children and you don't know what the reason was. You take a job and you don't know what the reason is. You don't know what the purpose of your life is. It is extremely important that a God-given vision be discovered Because without a God-given vision, people either miss finding their purpose altogether or they misunderstand what God's purpose is for them in their life. Let me read my text again. And we know, everybody say, "I I know. I know, I do that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is one verse of scripture that has probably been misquoted, misused, and misunderstood more than any other verse in the Bible. I've heard people try to comfort someone who just lost a relative or who just lost their job or find out they have cancer and they say to them, all things work together for our good. Duh! It doesn't look good to me. If you're in the hospital and the doctor tells you you have cancer, that does not look good. If your boss just brought you that pink slip and said, I don't need you anymore, have a good day, that doesn't look good. If your relative just kicked the bucket and they had borrowed about $100,000 from you about two weeks before, that doesn't look good, does it? (laughs) And for people to say and try to use the verse of Scripture and not quote it in its entirety is doing a misjustice. That makes no sense because they did not finish that verse. Some will even go further and they'll quote a little more of that verse. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God. And again, that verse doesn't mean everything that God's trying to show us. If you're trying to comfort someone, the overlooked part of this verse is what really gives the meaning to them who are the called according to his purpose. Whose purpose are we talking about? God's purpose. If we love God and submit to His purpose, all things will work our good. Now, it doesn't say everything's going to be good. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. That doesn't mean that you're just going to leave a carefree, happy life from now on. But God can take the bad things that you're going through. He can take the difficult situations that have come up. And He can make it for our good. He can make you better out of that situation. Notice the words, we know. I had you to say it a while ago. We know. This means to know something is true by experience. Paul explained this in 1 Corinthians 2.14 when he said, The man without the Spirit does not accept things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I'm going to tell you, you'll never convince all your friends and all your family uh, that living for God is the best thing to do. They don't see it. They do not understand that. And you can try to explain it to them until you're blue in the face, but there's some things they will never understand because they only are discerned spiritually. You cannot tell them how good the Holy Ghost is until they get a taste of it themselves. You cannot explain to them how good it feels to get in a baptistry tank and and get your sins washed away to come up out of that water and be a brand new creature. They don't understand that. And you're not going to get anywhere with a lot of people because they cannot see it. So we have a knowledge that comes from the Spirit of God And we can see and understand things that the carnal man cannot understand. Notice those words, all things. I had you to say that with me a while ago. God is allowing and using everything that happens in our lives for our good. Now we don't like, we do not like the hard times of life, I, I've got confidence in you guys today that if I ask you to raise your hands, uh, and, and I ask you this question, how many of you like uh, to have good times, I, I believe all of you would raise your hands, some of you doing it anyway, uh, how many of you would just like to be blessed all the time, sure, our hands going gone, well how many of you would like to have nothing but bad stuff happen in your life? thank you for not raising your hand because I would question your mentality. I would feel like maybe you need to be in a home somewhere that takes care of you. God is allowing everything that happens in our lives for our good, but that doesn't mean everything we go through makes us feel good. Everything that you and I go through is not going to feel good. But God can make it for our good. This thought messes with our heads. It's hard to comprehend not only that God allows everything that happens, but then sometimes He uses everything that happens for our good. John MacArthur, in his commentary on on this passage, says it this way. No matter what our situation or suffering or persecution, our sinful behavior, our pain, our lack of faith, in those things as well as in all other things, our Heavenly Father will work to produce our ultimate victory and blessing, any temporary harm we may suffer will be used by God for our benefit. I like that. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 7, in the NIV version, Paul says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of those are these surpassing great revelations. You see, Paul was smarter than the average guy. God used him in a dimension most of us wouldn't even comprehend. We'd have no idea. Paul wrote most of the New Testament books of the Bible. And Paul was used greatly by God, and he had great revelations. And he said... Because I have these things, I don't want to get conceited. There was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, we don't like the torment. We don't like the devil buffeting us. We don't even like our spouse buffeting us. So I know we don't like the devil doing it. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God was saying, Paul, you may not understand this. You want me to take it from you, but I'm using it for your good. God knew some things that Paul, or nobody else will ever understand that God can use things to benefit us and make us better people than we are. So God was using this thorn in Paul's flesh for good, Paul's good. Now, I've heard a lot of stuff. I've heard it was his eyes. I heard it was all kind of things. And I wish I could give you something emphatic and say this is it, but I can't. So you can do your own study and think you got the answer and write a book and tell everybody, I know what Paul's thorn and flesh, just like other hundreds of people have done, but you still won't know. God used that for his good. This was used to keep Paul humble and help him realize that he was weak, but that God was strong. We all, all know the good things that happen and, and they come from God. And we've all heard that the bad things that, are, are, that happen to us come from the devil. But that's not what our text says. Our text says all things. That means devil stuff and God stuff. That means flesh stuff. That means world stuff. That means just stuff. All all things work together for good. God can make anything have some good implications in our life if we will get in his will and his purpose. I'm helping somebody today if you're listening to me. Because you've got a lot of times you don't understand stuff. And it's easy for people to question God. Why did God let that car wreck happen? Why did God let that train crash? Why did God let that building fall? Why did God do this? Most of those things that God let was because man did something wrong, man made a decision, man went crazy. And God doesn't control all bad things. But he can control all bad things to make them turn out good for you if you love God and are in his purpose. Even trials and tribulations, the devil's attacks, loss of loved ones, jail, separation. I said jail. Some of y'all been in jail and that's what made you what you are today. Some of you found God in jail. So jail was what you needed. It wasn't what you wanted, but God took that jail and made something good out of it. God saw your condition and you, you weren't listening to him. You didn't love him and you didn't even care about his purpose. But when God allowed those things to happen, it was that that caused the good to come out that God wanted you to have. So we don't like the loss of loved ones, jail, separation, calamity, suffering, financial dilemma. They can work together for our good. How can that be? What good could come from our hurt, our pain, and our suffering? We've all heard it said that we suffer the consequences of our actions. And sometimes these are painful realizations that even hurt everyone around us. God intends things for our good. And if we love Him and His purpose, it will work out for our good. But if we hate God... And rebel against his purpose for our lives. The intended good has bad results for us. God works toward our good. To work toward is a literal, literal translation of the Greek word sin ergo. It is from the word we get, the English word sin energy. Working together for greater Effort. John McArthur uses a very good illustration to help us understand its meaning. He says, In our physical world, the right combination of otherwise harmful chemo- chemicals can produce substances that are very, very beneficial. Ordinary table salt, for example, is composed of two poisons sodium. And chloride. But how many of you like to put salt on your food? In other words, God is not saying that bad things produce good results by themselves. But that by God's will and his working in all bad things of our lives, even the poisonous ones, he causes them and can cause them to work For our good. God is not saying that our outcome of every situation will be pleasant. God is not saying that the outcome of every situation will be better. But the good that comes from this experience may be just simply better character, a better person. What God is saying in verse 28 is that nothing will touch our life that is not under God's control. Some will ask, why does God let this awful thing happen to me then? Although this is a good question, you'll never get a good answer in your lifetime. You may never know or understand the why. Take Job, for example. He trusted God's providence, and despite the pain, the unfairness, and the lack of explanation, when Job sought an explanation, God said, in the NIV version, I like it because it says, Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Do you have an arm like God's and can your voice thunder like his? Then Job replied in verse 2, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. This reminds me of a parent trying to ask those endless questions. Why, mama, daddy? Why, why, why? There is simply no way that you can explain to a three- to five-year-old kid why things happen. Amen. I got to quit. I'm going to jump over to the ending. According to his purposes, the plan of God is to save a lost world. Luke 19.10 says, The Son of Man is come to seek and to save. What? That. Everybody say, that which was lost. This this verse does not say, save them that were lost. It says says save that which was lost save that which was lost something was lost that jesus came to take back there was a relationship that god once had with man and it was lost when man disobeyed god in the beginning disobedience uh, broke the communication between God and man sin came between God and man and God has spent generations trying to get it back God will only get those back to his desired place with him Who will allow him? All things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. We've all heard it or used it expressed. It is what it is. How many of you said that? It is what it is. Our lives are filled and shaped by the things we cannot change. And must excel, filled with the unfortunate happenings of the past and the awkwardness of the present, which it could all be changed, but it can't. And so we pronounce what is done is done. We say it when we want to pronounce those final words, when we want to speak the ultimate truth. What is done is done. It becomes a way of insisting there is no more to be said, no more to do, and no more to pay attention to. It's over. What's done is done. And most of the time that's true. But with God, all things or possible. God can take nothing and make something. God can take hopelessness and give hope. God can take empty and make full. God can take fearful and give peace. God can take a few and make it many. God can take small and make it big. God can take Bad and make it good. God can take dead and make it alive he can take negative and make it positive God can take old and make it new he can take the far and make it near he can take the out and bring it in he can take the dark and make it light he can take the lost and make it found and God can take the end and make it the beginning I'm telling you with God all things are possible you may not understand or comprehend but if you love god and you are the called according to his purpose don't worry about it god's gonna make it for your good and you'll find out living for god is gonna be so awesome when you just learn to depend on the lord and love him and just give him your best god bless you today